America. This is The Daily Answer, your host, Mark Dunnigan. You know, as my wife and I have traveled through 45 states at this point, and we've stayed in a number of campgrounds and RV parks, RV resorts, and also people's driveways. It's interesting, uh, a refreshing trend that I'm seeing among a number of the RV parks, and that is a very clear policy on no profanity allowed. You get caught swearing and you're gone. You're kicked out. Also, I noted that a number of parks are going to a no alcohol in public allowed. Hey, if you're in your trailer or camper, you want to drink in there, fine. But you cannot walk around with your beer or whatever in your hand. No, this is a family-friendly place. Hmm, interesting. You know, the Bible talks about speech. Book of Proverbs says a lot about the words that we use. And those words say a lot about us as the speaker. But in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, there's a passage there that I've been reminded of in verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Um, interesting how profanity is spoken of as unwholesome or corrupt, rotten. It's corrupt speech. It's rotten speech. It's like dry rot. It's like rotten food. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting. I would, I think that's probably jesting. It has a lot of double meanings, particularly a number of sexual meanings, you know, wink, wink, which are not fitting, but rather given of things. That is, uh, what's appropriate is gratitude, humility, truth. Also in verse 29 of chapter four, what's appropriate is what's going to build up that person. Now, a rebuke may build them up. So Ephesians 4.29 is not saying that you can only say something positive. But it's like, okay, what's going to edify them? Telling them something they need to hear, correcting them in the right spirit, that can be very edifying. According to the need of the moment. That's happened to me many times throughout my lifetime. Where people gave me very valuable information at the moment that prevented me from going down the wrong road. Thank you. Thank you for the people that were concerned about not being funny, not being popular, uh, but concerned about my soul. People that want to be funny and popular are not concerned about your soul. They're not concerned about their own soul. They're rather concerned about their own image at the moment, their own popularity at the moment. Unwholesome, corrupt speech. And what, what, what means that, that means is that it comes from a comes from a corrupt heart. The existence of profanity is the um, red flag for a heart problem. What did Jesus say? Mark chapter 7, verse 20. That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, 
envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Matthew has a similar account um, of um, ab about the dangerous thing is what's in the what comes out of the heart of man, and that is that's where sin starts. Sin starts in the heart. You think it before you act upon it. You think it before you say it. So there's a couple of things there. First of all, don't ever try to excuse your cutting words or calling someone a horrible name and say, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking. Yes, you were. There's no way that you can say something without thinking. That's impossible. Whatever, you, whatever comes out has had thought behind it now might not have the best thought behind it it might not have a whole lot of forethought behind it but you thought about it and you intended to say it and you intended it to hurt all right and that's why it's important that we own up to such in the book of matthew chapter 5 it's interesting there that in the beatitudes one of the last beatitudes deals with what Christians will suffer from the world, persecution, and the forms that it will take. And there it says in verse 10 of Matthew 5, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He says, rejoice me glad, for they treated the prophets, the true prophets, that way in the Old Testament, verse 12. And you're in good company. What caught my attention there is that persecution can often take the form of insults, name-calling. Um, I, I, I know it's not any fun if you're on Facebook or whatever, or if you're in a discussion, for someone to dump a load of profanity on you and call you every name of the book. But remember when they do, first of all, it reels, reveals they got a problem. They're not together. They're not put together. They got a problem. They got a heart problem. Maybe you can help them with that. Okay. Secondly, you're not the only person they're treating like that. Typically someone that unloads on you like that, they are unloading on others their husband, their wife, their kids, their parents, etc. You're not the only one that they unload on. All right. So I know that can kind of be helpful of, hey, at least I'm not married to them, right? I don't live in the same house with them type of thing. Not their next door neighbor. All right. The third thing that always reveals that they don't have an argument. If you're kind of talking to someone else about God's truth, God, the Bible, Jesus, etc., their need for salvation, and they, you know, they, they just swear at you. First of all, you realize what you said hit home, okay? It penetrated. Secondly, they don't have an argument. Profanity is a clear admission by the person using it that they don't have an argument because if you had an argument that's the best way to disarm an enemy 
bring your good, thought-out, reasoned argument. But simply to swear at somebody, call them this name or that name, etc. Okay, that's cowardice. That's running. And that's running from the truth. You know, over the years, people have said things like, well, but if I don't swear, no one will take me seriously. Actually, the opposite is true. Swearing is so common that I know I've been around conversations, unfortunately, like we're at a restaurant and every other word is a swear word. You know, it's kind of being used as an adjective or whatever. It's, it's, their, it's their favorite modifier. And first of all, sometimes they don't even know it. That That's how the darkness can cloud your mind. You're not even aware of how often you're using that. It also is indicates a lack of imagination, a lack of learning, a lack of a good command of the English language, you know. It also reveals something in your heart too, anger, bitterness, resentment. Grateful people don't swear, no need to, we're blessed, okay. We wanna help people, we wanna save souls. We're not irritated by other people. We don't view people as, you know, a pest, something that needs to be eliminated. And we're not the type of people that want to, you know, like if we could just get rid of the people and people started bothering me and whatever, okay? We're also humble. We realize our own shortcomings. Yeah, other people to deal with may be kind of a burden, but guess what? You're a burden too. You might be a cute one, but you're a burden too. We're all burdens. We're all not easy to deal with. We all have our little idiosyncrasies and our ways and our policies and things like that. We all have things that if you would be around us enough, we would eventually kind of irritate you, rub you the wrong way. Uh, in fact, we even rub ourselves the wrong way. Yeah, we even irritate ourselves. The other thing that I wanted, and so the danger of thinking that, um, well, no one's going to pay attention to me. Profanity is so common. If you're sworn with everybody else, no one pays attention to you. you tell me, here, here's, here's what I want to tell you. You know, the person that people pay attention to, they notice is the person doesn't swear. The person doesn't drink, smoke, swear, and is not divorced. And the person's not in the porn. Man, that's unique. The person who's a virgin, you know, single, not married, and they haven't had sex. Boy, that's a, that's a very unique person. You see, the danger about sin is it takes your uniqueness away. And, and, and just a heads up, a heads up to all the alternative lifestyles out there that think you're very unique. You're not unique. You just look like everybody else in your category. You're acting like everybody else. The truly unique person is the person who's honest, faithful, doesn't swear, they don't drink, they're not doing drugs, they're pure, they're not jaded or cynical, they don't look for a double meaning in everything, they read, they pray, they meditate on truth, they, they, they can have an intelligent conversation about deep philosophical issues, they show up to work on time with a good attitude and a smile on their face. 
If you want to be unique and stand out, be godly. The godly have always been the most unique people on the face of the earth and the most interesting people. Until next time, this is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. See you in the funny papers.